0: Are you gonna start it or are you gonna? Oh, I thought. We can go back and do the intro and stuff later. Okay. Well, we could just, I guess, do the intro now and say it. If you want. Okay. (laughs) Hello, everybody. I'm Nate Rowe. I'm Calebrow. And we are the Bipolar Agnostics. On this week's episode, I have a friend of mine over here. I met him about a year ago to this state at a local gaming cafe outside of Kansas City. Anyway, so I met him there, and uh, we talked about our past and kind of bonded over that. He is from Utah originally, so he grew up in Mormonism there, and he's a really, really interesting guy. So, Derek, do you want to talk a little about growing up in that setting? What was your grade school like?
1: Was it just completely intertwined with the church? I wouldn't go that far. They usually do a really good job of separating church and like community activities. Hmm. Everything was state run, none of it was privatized like you think of Catholic schools. Mormons don't do any of that. Hmm. Wow. Do you just go to public school? If you go to private school, it's just a standard private school. It's not religious usually. There was nothing like really significant about it. It was just your basic elementary school, K through five. Yeah, that was that was it.
0: Religion was more of an extracurricular activity. Yep, I know. Here, I have had a lot of friends that I went to school with. Literally, the very person guy by me over was Mormon. Is really nice. Like the day we met in middle school, eighth grade. His name was uh, Ben. But yeah, he got my number because he was going to be gone for something and needed like vocab words. And then he invited me over. I was actually really scared at first. And the first day I was like, "Uh, no, sorry, I'm busy. I can't uh, do that. And I just did not understand why someone like second day of meeting me, literally second mm. day of meeting me, would want to invite me over. But I guess that was part of like the Mormon thing. I remember going over to his house and I was still Christian at the time and everyone was praying and i was like wait these people are praying to jesus like i didn't think these people were christian like uh, what's what's going on here i had my eyes open during uh-huh. breakfast prayer yeah, and i was one just of the really biggest confused.
1: misconceptions is that mormons aren't christians yeah they definitely are
0: yeah they follow yeah. christ like mm-hmm. that's the founding of it it's christ literally the new book is christ coming to the americas Yep. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he, he invited me over. He was really nice. Uh but he was also involved in things like Boy Scouts. Was that a big part?
1: That was a really big part of my childhood. I managed to go all the way through, finish my Eagle Scout. Nice. Uh, just before I graduated high school. Congratulations. Um, thank it, you. It
0: is good in that way. It gets you active. Yeah. For sure.
1: Yeah. Yes. A lot of my fondest childhood memories are from scouts going on camping trips or backpacking trips or scout camp just uh, spending a lot of time the other guys my age and being able to bond and learn a lot of things
0: (laughs) yeah yeah Mm. and it had a weird twist to it with mormonism did they change anything Um, about it
1: with our area like in particular when we could invite people who weren't lds into the troop to come to troop activities we did but for the Mm. most part Um, All of the youth in our area were LDS, so we would integrate like troop meetings into church meetings Mm. because all the guys in our troop were Uh. in the same congregation, in the same ward. That's the main big difference was that integration, but that's only because there weren't any other kids in our troop that weren't LDS. Okay. Okay, that's cool.
0: And we went through things like Wana. We kind of described that as basically like the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of Christianity through the church. Mm-hmm. And you learn verses and you get rewarded. Caleb has an opinion on that for sure. Mm-hmm. Don't you think... You don't tell him how you think that's, like, what affected you the most? Oh, yeah, um... Just go over it really briefly so you can see if he has a comparison to something.
2: Yeah, like Nate said, it was kind of like Boy Scouts in that you were sectioned off by your age group, then you get rewards for participating, like, memorizing Bible verses and doing, like, homework assignments that were religiously based. That was part of Scouts? No, it was, like, its
1: it's own Scouts, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Um, they... It's... Kind of like that. Kind of. Um, So, the Mormon, like the church block is three hours. The first hour is your basic worship. And then there's various classes for the other two. You would have sacrament meeting, the first one. And then Sunday school, where it would be just by age group, not split by sex. And then the third hour was usually what we called young men's and young women's for the youth. And so it's, for the guys, it's age 12 and 13, 14 to 16, and then 16 to 18. And those are the three different groups for the men. It's deacons, teachers, and priests. And then for the young woman, it's kind of the same deal. You have beehives, my maids, and I don't remember the third one. It's been too long. But you would have your separate classes, and a lot of times the young men would talk about scouts, and that would be part of like our announcements type deal before we got into a lesson, Mm -hmm. just to kind of catch everybody up on what was going on with the troop, the activities that week, and that was how it was kind of integrated. But there wasn't really like a reward system, per Hmm. se. It was just an opportunity to learn more. Gotcha. Cool. Okay,
0: interesting. And so how did verse memorization and everything coming to that. Don't you have, like, seminar in the morning, kind of? Because you have a whole extra book to cover. (laughs)
1: Um, Well, as far as, like, verse memorization goes, there was seminary. Oh, that's right, seminary. At least where I grew up, we didn't have, like, early morning seminary, which is what a lot of um, the LDS people do because it's such an integral part in Utah culture that we did release time from school. Like, we had an hour every day, like, during school from... Oh, ninth grade on mm-hmm. where you would take an hour out of your time and you would go off campus to a building usually across the street and you'd do seminary and that's kind of where you had like your scripture mastery and you'd learn more like during your school day separate outside of church okay
0: so school allotted for it Mhm. okay so somewhat yeah you know but it's still considered public school and they were allowed to have that in yes. their system oh,
1: yes wow mm-hmm. Okay. But I haven't found Release Time Seminary anywhere else except Utah. Okay. Anywhere. So that's a unique aspect. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's, that's definitely a unique aspect to the state. Um, everywhere else, they have early morning seminary, and they'll do it in the morning like 6, 6.30, and they'll meet at a teacher's house, and they'll have the meeting there.
0: Okay. And I'm wondering on some of you like your, uh, like, their literal beliefs. Things we were taught, creationism, obviously, like, literal six-day creation. Dinosaurs were in the Garden of Eden. And we had a creation museum in Kentucky, actually. Really? Yeah. And you go to it, and they're, like, there literally are dinosaurs, like, models of dinosaurs next to Adam and Eve. And you go through, like, the art kind of reciting that goes from Methuselah, the longest living man, 950-something years old and all this great stuff, and that's like, you know, Southern Baptist Kentucky. So there's that that creationism. Jesus was literally God, three and one, you know, literally rose from the
1: dead. See, the three and one, that's different. Really? Um, Mormons believe that it's three separate beings, but they act as one. So when it references what Catholics call the Trinity Mm -hmm. in the Bible, and even in the Book of Mormon, when it references two people being one, it's one of them acting in the name of the other instead of them being like a physical, actual, just single person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, God and Jesus have their own separate bodies, but the majority mm. of the church members that I've talked to believe that the Holy Spirit doesn't physically have a form. It's mm-hmm. kind of just presence around us uh-huh. that helps every day in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, if you want to explain to him your picture of the Holy Spirit...
2: Yeah, it'd probably be pretty similar. In my own worldview, I don't see God as having a body, but yeah, I guess it would, my description of God would be probably close to that description of the Holy Spirit in and of itself.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, that's the thing, like, I'm uh, an atheist here. I think Caleb considers himself agnostic a Christian with some other, like, labels. It's really interesting to see uh, how you, you say that, like, how the three are viewed differently. And everything, and then what? Caleb, you're saying with the body of like, like it's a spirit, right? You say that like kind of possessed Christ, like he was a separate entity. Oh,
2: right, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really think that God is necessarily confined to any sort of physical form, and so I think any element of God is a spiritual element. Okay. I don't even really think that this matters that much. Honestly, at the end of the day, no, not but, really. Um, how you treat other people and how you love other people, I think, is what. Matters at the end of the day. Even like what happens before or after doesn't really matter in the here and now because we can you know you can place bets on what's going to happen before or after. <laughs> it's not going to change how you in the moment yeah. love somebody or treat somebody for sure. Mm hmm. I like that whole yeah, like you said, kind of just it
0: isn't necessarily a one defined thing. It's just like a being that kind of is like just a, a presence, yeah. uh huh, like yeah, air. Yeah <laughs> The force. So yeah. I, I I find it interesting That that's not like A physical Like a real thing Yeah like like the force Like with Caleb and I talk about this uh, You would know Especially like If you can confirm this uh, The conception of Christ Like do Mormons think That God literally Came down and had
1: Intercourse with Mary No No?
0: Okay Because we, we had no, it's, we, we, it's
1: more of okay. It's more of the Catholic view Like divine conception Like nothing actually happened But then she was pregnant Mm-hmm Oh, okay. Yeah. That must have been a misconception.
0: Yeah, because we talked about that. We're Miscon- like, wait, how did... We're like, how did Jesus become the fastest sperm in God's semen? <laughs> like, that's that's what we were saying with the Mormonism, but I guess we didn't. Never mind. That is an interesting concept, though. How did Jesus become the fastest mm-hmm. sperm?
2: Where'd <laughs> <laughs> God get the semen from, anyway?
1: Where'd God get the semen from? Yeah. I mean, if he has a body, it's already there. Yeah. And we're modeled after him. Yeah, he had to pass on his DNA
0: somehow. He had to make his sperm... I like the Egyptian idea. It's a creation idea, but this guy, uh, the Egyptian guy was blowing himself because he was able to do that. He had the flexibility. And then he just jizzed
1: and it landed on the ground and that became Earth.
2: Oh, wow. Interesting. The Egyptians
1: definitely had their interesting ideas of world creation. And don't get me wrong, it's pretty cool. Like, all the the other mythologies and everything of how the world came into being Uh are just fascinating to me. Totally. Personally. Mm -hmm. But... And Mormons, I was look- Mormons are definitely the divine conception idea.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. I always looked at that like as a religion, like with all the mythologies and everything. Like if anything, that is in support of how like uncertain people are and also like from my atheist point of view of how like it's just all the more proof of how religion is just like you know sham and me because mm-hmm. no one has a right ever every single tribe and group has completely different stories yeah. <laughs> some, have, some have hundreds of gods some have one guy right right some mm-hmm. have one guy that's also god that's three things at once and was oh, from virgin birth and mm-hmm. all that yeah so th- that's interesting thank you for clearing up that uh, yeah. misconception i guess and also I'm, do you, do you get the Stereotypes, I'm sure, annoy you a lot, like such as the multiple wives. Like, every time yes. you hear that, have you had to explain that so many <laughs> yeah. times? Yeah, so there, Set it are, straight for everyone.
1: there are three different factions of the LDS church. Really? There's the LDS, there's RLDS, and there's FLDS. I think it's RLDS here in Missouri. They have the weird upside-down ice cream cone temple over in Independence, oh. and that group... Felt that the position of the prophet of the church should have been passed down to Joseph Smith's son. Oh. And so when Brigham Young became the new prophet, they decided they didn't like that very much, so they kind of split off and did their own thing. They had their whole own prophet list? Uh huh. Ah. And then there's FLDS, and that is a cult group down in southern Utah, Idaho area, and they are the ones who practice polygamy still, even though it's oh, technically really? illegal. Uh-huh. And if they leave their compound, they can get arrested. So, <laughs> <laughs> What else uh, distinguishes them as a cult? Mostly the, the part about not being able to leave. I knew really? a kid um, in high school who decided to leave the cult, and he actually came up and went to high school with me up in northern Utah okay. and his views were definitely a little, a little different I would compare them more to the Amish people oh okay huh. hmm. with LDS views that's what
0: I would compare huh. it to so they don't actually what, what exactly do you mean by that that makes it
1: unique in that way oh man. Like, like
0: the Amish you're saying like do they actually
1: cut off technology no no it's it's just a very sheltered like very esoteric. very sheltered life okay they're farmers they grow all their own stuff but they i mean they don't reject technology because yeah. that's a part of the world
0: i've heard about like with the amish community since like you can leave at like 15 or something like you get to a certain age they educate you with like a medical school education of theirs and then they stop and say you can go into trade for whatever but apparently they have issues genetically because it started uh-huh. with only 200 of them mm. yep do the mormons have a lot of genetic issues with uh polygamy No. But it is a small group
1: that's set out. FLDS, yes. I'm sure that there's issues that they have down there in their group. But widespread for the LDS church, that's not an issue. Okay. Good to know. And Mormons
0: always, like, all the Mormons I've known are so high-achieving and everything. It's kind of ridiculous what
1: is produced by... You're encouraged to push yourself. Yeah. And to do the best that you can do at whatever you're doing. So, like, if you have an opportunity to learn something, you take it. If you have the opportunity to go somewhere and educate yourself then if it's in your ability then you should take that and further your personal knowledge at least in my in my family um family which is taught as part of like a core value of the church is taken really seriously like i'll I'll talk to people about their extended family and they don't know like any of them whereas Um, like on my dad's side of the family, there's over, there's almost 120 of us now. Oh my goodness. Just from my grandparents. Wow. And then on my mom's side, we just passed 50. And I know everyone. Wow, dude. Like, right? cause we meet regularly. Uh-huh. And we lived pretty close to some of them. So keeping family as such a big part of our lives and trying to stay positive about everything and like teaching acceptance, I know that that was typical of non-utah mormons because mm. my family's from washington that's okay. where i was born but i moved to utah when i was five mm. all right but kind of fast forwarding a little bit that teaching that i received of acceptance and trying to love everyone is kind of what ultimately drove me away because mm. i saw that a lot of the people that i met in utah were not that way for example When I was in college, my hair was really long and I dyed it red. And (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't know that. And I had stopped at my aunt's house on the way down. My mom's family is considerably more conservative than my dad's family. Okay. And I stopped at my aunt, my mom's sister's house, and. When she opened the door, she was completely taken aback. <laughs> completely <laughs> okay, okay. taken aback. She didn't say anything for almost 20 seconds.
0: <laughs> wow. When I opened
1: the door, I had my hair up in a bun, and it was red. Oh my gosh. And is crazy,
0: quote unquote. Did you tell them you went out into the desert and met a group of people <laughs> and kind of got into a click?
1: <laughs> no. But I, I continued to see that more and more. Like, the the attitude that if you were different or if you didn't believe the same things, um, that you were somehow automatically a bad person. Mm. And a lot of the people that I knew, like when I went to school or even in high school, a lot of my friends, um, had piercings or had tattoos and they were the best people I'd ever met in my life. Mm. Like I'd bring a friend to a family gathering and I'd introduce my friend and they had a visible tattoo or they, they, it was a guy and he had his ears pierced and, Mm -hmm at least on my mom's side of the family, for the majority of the time they were there, they were met with almost a suspicion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm kind of nervous about what this person's going to do uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. with, with all my things here. I don't want anything <laughs> to be taken or broken, you know. Right. And that really struck a chord with me. Uh-huh. And uh, well, it was only a couple months into my first semester at school I decided I didn't want to be a part of that anymore, so I stopped going to church. And it's been, oh, God, four and a half years now since I haven't been considered an active member. Mm,
0: yeah. He, he doesn't get excommunicated, That you can. In you have to do pins, some but, yeah.
1: pretty terrible things to be excommunicated. But you're literally, like, in their system. Yep. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yep. And I, and I keep in contact. Um, I'm still accepted by my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do go to meetings with them when I'm with them yeah. on a weekend uh-huh. just because I respect my parents and they, sure, their yeah. thing is to go to church on Sunday. And so yeah. I respect that and I go with them even mm, though yeah. I'm not sharing all of the beliefs with everyone there. Okay. What beliefs do you share? Hmm. I I believe in the core values. You have family, you have God, and you have acceptance. Mm-hmm like that like when it comes down to it that's what everyone should believe so do you believe in God I do hmm. I'm actually trying to get back into the swing of religion okay. personally and what, what but that's, do you, that's a new development so, so but how really do you interpret their
0: literal like Jesus Christ the son of God rose from the dead magic and everything I think
1: that they have so much faith that it happened and so much faith that when they die there's going to be something afterwards i mean in today's world you almost have to like that's what keeps the majority of the people i know sane yeah is that faith that when they die here it's not over and that they have that that historical base to go off of that is in their scripture to show them what could happen after they leave this life.
0: Yeah, but do you, do you buy onto that with Jesus Christ specifically that he was the Son of God and rose from the dead, and that like his purpose was to die for us, which I always found confusing. I don't know if I necessarily believe it, but I
1: prescribe to that belief. Hmm. I like that.
0: Yeah how how would you define that
1: further? That confuses me. So I'm not. I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with it.
2: I think he's kind of almost saying what I say.
1: Really, <laughs> <laughs> but but the idea that God sent someone here, and that that person was able to take all of our pain, and to quote the Bible, bleed from every pore, and so that we, when we die, could be with Him again. I mean, just the idea behind that behind is it. what i prescribe to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whether or not that what happens in the bible is actually true that's a whole other story but i think that the idea of that is what should make religious people try to be better totally yeah Yeah,
2: yeah mean that's really well put thank you it's interesting <laughs>
0: because you you still have seen the like you said the more missionaries come by sometimes uh-huh. and they'll even see you like drinking a beer outside yeah. and do they get offended? No, they don't get they don't get offended.
1: They see it as someone who may not be active but could in the future possibly get active again and they just want to keep a good connection. They don't want to cut off ties just because he's outside enjoying a beer, you know. Yeah. And so I try to keep that mutual respect going because they're good guys. I mean, they're right. doing what they believe they yeah, should do. They're doing what makes sense. And to. I don't want to discourage that because nobody needs that kind of negativity in their life. Totally. And if they feel like they have the gumption to go out for two years and to give away two years of their life to spread what they believe, then all more power to them. They want to come say hi, I'll let them come say hi. We'll chat for an hour. Yeah. Whether or not that means I want to go back to church. Not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. It's
2: mm-hmm. almost like you're saying the, uh, yeah, I'll use the term kind of loosely. Um, okay. But the myth behind the <laughs> beliefs is absolute. And the history kind of inferred by that mythology it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
0: And you were saying earlier that you just told your parents that you, uh, use nicotine?
1: Yes. I. Stopped going to church about four years ago, and it was pretty obvious to my parents when I stopped, but yeah. I straight up like told them like two and a half years ago. Okay. like I don't want to go to church anymore. Yeah. I don't really like being dragged along and to every church office. activity. Um, and I started smoking uh, cigarettes a little over a year ago now, and I hadn't been telling my parents because I was kind of scared of the reaction, because they didn't take it well when i told them i didn't want to go to church sure. at all yeah, of course in the last little bit um my my parents are open-minded oh. very they've been really open-minded about how i'm trying to live my life that's good and i was shocked by how they took me telling them that yes i smoke cigarettes i'm trying to quit because well, that's terrible for your body, but like with you, with vaping, are you okay with? Are you trying to? Ideally, I wouldn't do anything. Yeah, of course. But if not smoking cigarettes means I have to use a vape for the next five years, I'm totally down with that. I value my lungs. Yeah. I value my singing voice. <laughs> and if that goes away, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself.
0: Yeah, and then also with uh, so like when you first, I'm sure you had this uh, confliction, like you had to have uh, faced this for the first time in your life, like first time you drank or first time you. Uh, smoked. Was there something breaking? Was there a chain that you had to break in your mind to get over that? No.
1: Um, not for those. I'm still struggling with myself over my belief in the church. Like, that's probably going to be a thing for the rest of my life if yeah. I never choose to go back. As far as, like, smoking and drinking goes, like, I'm down to try anything once. Yeah. And if I don't like it, then I don't like it. I don't need to do it again. I discovered that very quickly with marijuana. Yeah. <laughs> like, I tried it, my body was like, nope, this is no good. We're just going to throw up now. <laughs> and so, like, with drinking, like, the way the way I see it, like, all things in moderation. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a terrible thing if you binge drink and become an alcoholic. But a couple of drinks with friends now and then, or maybe a glass of scotch after a hard day of work, like, I don't see that as a problem.
0: Yeah. I was wondering, the first time you did it, you had to have thought to yourself, like, you know, I've been told my whole life not to do this, right? Well, I was right? like,
1: huh, I wonder what this will taste like. I've never had alcohol before. <laughs> I mean, when I was still an active member, I definitely would have been wrestling with myself over that kind of thing, but... After not being quote-unquote religious for so long, I was very open-minded about trying new things. And it didn't really worry me that, oh my god, my church says this is so bad for me, I can't do this. That never even crossed my mind. Did that new mindset statement. kind of
2: fade? Was that like a all-of-a-sudden sort of a thing? It faded. Yeah.
1: it It started to fade while I was in high school. Okay. Yeah, what was the actual incident that kind of... Or what was it, there was there was no specific incident. You seen how people were treated outsiders. Yeah, it was it was very gradual over the last two years of high school. I was spending a lot of time online looking at things that were happening outside of the bubble because I mm-hmm. didn't really do that a yeah. lot. Just kind of slowly drifting, I guess you could say. And then I got to school and it got worse. And I was like, I don't need to deal with this anymore. Like I'm out of the house. I'm a legal adult. I literally don't have to do this anymore (laughs) yeah and so it just kind of went from there and it's been one of the best decisions of my life Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that mormons are terrible and if you're mormon you should leave the church i'm just saying that for me as a personal decision it was one of the best decisions i've ever
0: made and you do think there's danger there though like we've talked about this for you and i a lot uh like especially like with your siblings say like like i remember when i first broke out of everything at like 13 and that was like coming out of an acid trip really when you think about it yeah Like for them and Mormonism, especially for them, like, you know, going on missions, like they're all the more sheltered. Are you, you said you're afraid for your sister, like when the actual world hits her,
1: like how things actually are? I'm scared. I'm a little scared for my youngest sister, but for my other siblings, I think they'll do pretty good. I'm the second of five. So my older sister is married and has a kid and she's doing fine. And then the next one down, my sister, she's actually on a mission right now Mm -hmm. in Arizona and she is having a ball. And she is just loving all of the people she's meeting. She's learning a lot of things. And I don't think she'll have any issue if she decides to move out of Utah. I don't think she'll have any issues at all. Um, She might take a while getting used to some terminology that people use. But other than that, I think she'll be great. Uh, My little brother is about to go on a mission. He uh, is going to Alaska at the end of August. Oh, wow. And he's really excited to leave. Uh, He's excited to experience something so alien Mm. for two years. And he's just really happy that it's cold. He hates hot weather. (laughs) But my youngest sister, I definitely worry about. Mm. A lot of anxiety, like separation anxiety and OCD. And it'll be interesting if she ever decides to leave Utah. And I don't know if that'll ever happen. So... It's definitely interesting to see how it affects everyone differently, because um, you look at the Mormons out here, and they're not sheltered, because it's impossible hmm. for them to be sheltered. With the church headquarters in Utah, and with the church presence so strong in Utah, like up until twenty twelve, over half of the population of Utah was Mormon. Oh wow! Like half of two million people of over the entire state wow. were Mormon. Oh my god! Like you would have entire towns, and they were all Mormon. Yeah having that is just crazy to me and then coming out here and seeing like the occasional meeting house and like the ward size is so different the congregation size or the area where you pull a congregation from like our congregation was like six square blocks and that was it and we had 300 people in our congregation oh my god wow where you come out here and it's like an entire county for a congregation yeah (laughs) that's
0: crazy how many you said 300 wow in a few blocks
1: yeah. It's
0: a total culture shock.
1: Yeah. It was crazy when That's I moved out here. I was like, what the hell is going on?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying, like being worried for them. Like the yeah. culture shock, how things are going to be different.
1: Yeah. I think in in Brigham City, where I grew up, I think there's a total of like 14 meeting houses. Just Mormon okay. meeting houses. Okay. It almost becomes a game driving down the interstate where you see, like, because all the yeah. steeples you see are Mormon, basically. <laughs> If there's one that's not, there's a cross on top of it, and you know. Because there isn't a cross on the top Uh of the Mormon steeples. It's almost a game to, like, count how many steeples you can see from the freeway. That's funny. And there's a lot. Yeah, I bet. I'm sure. There's a lot. I'm sure.
0: Wow. Yeah, because there's, my understanding, Mormons here, and then there's Utah, and I can't
1: imagine. It's a different world.
0: Yeah. Is it mostly... Because, you know, with, like, a... Ethnicities and cultures and races changing so much in America? Like, is it mainly
1: actually isolated, kind of white communities? For the most part, yes. Um, Salt Lake City is the biggest city in the state and it's definitely diverse. I would say there are significantly more Hispanic people than African American. Hmm. Significantly. That would make sense. Kind of the area, I guess. How do they look at Mormonism? I mean, if they're Mormon, they're Mormon. Well, I they mean, believe it in the same way.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. so are there that many Hispanic converts? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I heard that it was growing, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, how how effective actually are the missions? I wouldn't be able to tell you. Didn't you say, like, your grandfather called you and was just talking about, like, how his mission was so yeah, great? well,
1: my, my grandpa's pretty senile. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I told him straight up that I wasn't religious anymore he wouldn't even like acknowledge that i had said it and would just keep on going he's getting up he's almost 80 (laughs) he's having a hard time i just kind of smile and nod and let him talk about what he's talking about and let him get it off his chest because i mean my family wants me to go on a mission but at least my immediate family respects that I don't want to. And they don't push me to go to activities or anything. Like if I say I need my space, then I'll just go on a walk or something. The transition has been really nice. Okay. That's crazy how it all works with the involvement.
0: I got really lucky.
1: I got really lucky. I know some people who decided they didn't want to be Mormon anymore. And their family basically disowned them. Wow. Mm. So, I, I got really fortunate with my situation, and I can recognize that.
0: You see the duality, like, it's all about, like, love and acceptance and everything, and then if you're different, your family, literally your family will disown you. Yep. And turn away from you. That's pretty bad. It is. Yep. Like, that that the, that's things that religion creates, and I think that can be all the more example of how something can be counterproductive. That's just ridiculous.
1: It's crazy. Some people just get crazy with religion.
0: Mo- that's, yeah, it's <laughs> how Muslim work. Mormonism is definitely a cult but really all religion when you look at it is a big cult just a big organization being led by someone who uh, the founders aren't alive anymore and Mormonism actually like you know you have the ch- big church leaders that are still going on today modern prophets and everything mm-hmm. so I would definitely call that a cult and for the history and founding and everything like did Joseph Smith actually say like he had a magic hat that he taught no. <laughs> Yeah. No. How did he think he was talking to God? And how did he convince everyone, guys, like we didn't get it right until now, like until eighteen hundred years and so much after? Because what
1: he was saying made more sense than everyone else. It clicked. But everyone else felt so threatened by this this new this new guy who randomly found some golden plates in the hills in upstate New York. Like, golden plates. What? What is that? That that's that's what the Book of Mormon was translated out of. Golden plates. Yep. Like a like a it's like a book. From old old times, where they would like pound out sheets of metal and inscribe writing on them, oh, really? so they lasted longer. Where do they find that? Um, historically, the Hill Cumorah. In upstate New York, Albany. So they found that, and they're like, this is the... He was directed to it by an angel of God. Oh, so he was writing it live. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff in the Book of Mormon, you can't make that shit up. It doesn't matter how high you are, or how drunk you are, you cannot make that up. So, as far as the viability of all of church history, I cannot say that I believe all of it 100%. But as far as the validity of the Book of Mormon, I've never read fiction as good as that. And so if somebody did make it up, then they did a hell of a job. Yeah. Yep.
0: We were always taught that the Bible actually is God like he like possessed the writers and then they wrote it and but then I always say you know it's just religion is all just made up by man I mean everyone sat someone sat down and wrote it and formulated it finally documented it over the oral after the oral history passed down for generations and everything and I don't know I just see it as big manipulation manipulation on the largest scale yeah I mean yeah it's just led to some messed up things and the history of the Mormons like I do do know about like the massacre there were some uh, people coming through the area, moving on to like you know through the Oregon Trail. Maybe not the Oregon Trail, but you know, they're headed west for whatever reason. I said headed west
1: through Independence, Missouri.
0: What the, the ones that were hide the ones that were ambushed by the Mormons and killed by them.
1: No, I'm I'm talking about there was a kill war. order in Missouri in the 1870s. Oh, okay. I was what, thinking about, what are you like, talking like, there was a about?
0: War, like there was actually the U.S. government actually went to war with the Mormons. That's because they wouldn't move out of Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It was during that war like that most of the casualties were when the Mormons ambushed... Uh, and they tried to blame on Indians, I think. Yeah. I don't really know much about that, to be totally honest. Okay, I was just looking into it and had a yeah. discussion on Reddit about it. Uh, huh. Anyway, yeah. It, it, Yeah. And then how do all your uh, afterlifes work and everything? Like, isn't it like family, families forever and... Yeah. Like the tears so, of heaven, isn't there? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, the way the LDS Church looks at it is uh earth is a place that gives us an opportunity to give us to get a physical body like God. Okay. And we should use that and combined with our free agency to live the best life that we can and to try and live like Christ and to give to other people and help other people. Mm-hmm. And uh Like, basically, if you're not a terrible person, you'll make it into some tier of heaven. And they teach that there are three tiers. There's terrestrial, telestial, and celestial. Then, outside of heaven, you have purgatory and outer darkness. Outer darkness? Outer darkness is hell. Wow. Outer darkness. Yep. And then purgatory is the same. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But as far as heaven goes, the biggest... Like accomplishment, I guess you can get in heaven is a celestial kingdom, and that's where you have the opportunity for eternal progression, where it's taught that you can go on to become like God and to be gods of your own worlds and universes, and yeah. that kind of thing, yeah, so I don't know how I feel about that, but that's what's taught
0: yeah, you're working at being God basically because there's the whole saying you know, it would be more christ-like and now you're literally trying to attain what god has Mm-hmm. and powers like that and everything and that's just weird and so do you see that as kind of like a crooked motivator for a lot of people do you think people are actually doing out of the kindness of heart or are they, they go on these missions because they have to earn things and i think port the port.
1: whole idea of heaven is kind of a crooked motivator yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> like you have to do good things on earth or else you're going to hell and you're going right. to suffer for the oh, rest yeah, of eternity. Feel, yeah. Like. If that's not a crooked motivator, <laughs> I don't know what is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I don't
1: know. You said families are forever. That's that's a thing. In the LDS temples, you get sealed as a family. Oh. So that when you die, you can stay together as a family. Instead of being like split off and huh. being alone in heaven, you know. Um, so if you don't get sealed, that happens? I don't know. Huh. I well, never I there. bothered to ask that question. That's interesting. Because everybody got sealed Even if a family is sealed, if a person in that family decides not to do certain things in their life or to do certain bad things in their life, they don't make it to the celestial kingdom. And they're kind of stuck on a, per se, lower tier for the rest of all time, which, I mean, it's still better than earth, it's heaven. It's still Mm -hmm. heaven, but you're not with your loved ones. Wow. So it's it's encouraged to get yourself in a to a point in your life where you can go to the temple and you can get sealed to your family.
2: Hmm.
0: And is so how is it determined which tier you get into? Is there a list of things you have to do? No. So everyone's just hoping. If you were to be at your deathbed and be like, "Damn, I think well, what grade did I get on this test?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know. Ideas in the making. I never really gave it much thought because I figured I'd get thrown into the same tier as everybody else in my family. Yeah. And everyone was going to the best tier. everyone's assumptions i mean i figured we did a pretty good job so why not (laughs) but i don't now i don't know like if if you look at it from that point of view after the things that i've done from leaving the church like i've smoked i've drank i've done drugs i've had premarital sex like who knows what will happen now (laughs) we'll see maybe i'll just die and Nothing will happen. There is no afterlife, and maybe I'll be stuck in a heaven all alone for the rest of eternity. Eternal TV static. We'll see. Mm Mm-hmm. Were missions part of the founding? Uh, Missions, yeah. Um, Some people say that it's a thing you have to do, and if you don't go on a mission, then you're a terrible person, or there's something wrong with you. And a lot of the times, they go out and discover, hey... I have undiagnosed clinical depression, and I mm-hmm. can't physically be out here anymore. I have to go home early. Oh, wow. I have a couple of friends who came home early just because they couldn't do it mentally. They were physically fine, but mentally they couldn't handle the stress of being out there, and that's viewed as totally fine. Like With the stigmas on mental illness kind of slowly being torn down, Yeah, it's become a lot more encouraged to make sure that you can that you can actually go out for two years and be Mm -hmm. away from everything that you know so that you don't like spend all the money getting your getting your luggage and your suits and all your say passports and visas and stuff in order before you go out and then you're back in two months Uh because you're actually depressed or you actually have really bad anxiety yeah and you need to be medicated in the states for it (laughs) right yeah and so that's it's becoming kind of a better process than it used to be is mental illness seen as a demon? No. Okay. It's seen as something that is a part of you. Like me, for example, I have been diagnosed as clinically depressed since I was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And that's okay for most people. I mean, if you're my grandmother, then you just have to think happy thoughts yeah, and right. you'll be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's encouraged for you to do what you can. Like, they encourage you to go see your doctor and get properly medicated Mm. if you feel like you need medication. And then maybe once you're at that point, then you can do a mission in the States, or you can do a service mission close to home. But it's definitely encouraged to, now anyway, to look after yourself before you decide to go and give two years of your life to something that you may not be able to do. Mm -hmm. Twice. Which is nice. Yeah. It's nice to see friends that you know are struggling say hey i'm struggling and i need to acknowledge this before i go and do this thing that i've been wanting to do since i was a kid and it's been really good that they've been starting to kind of promote hey you need to take care of yourself yeah first mm -hmm, totally (laughs) and maybe in that way you can start helping others yeah yeah
2: what
0: what about the modern church do you find unappealing that like would kind of push you away from it
1: um i feel like at least in utah religion needs to be less of a part of making decisions for laws and policies Mm. Um, because a good part of the state legislators in Utah are part of the LDS church and they make their decisions kind of based on their views towards that like Utah is the driest state there is a very limited selection of beer and grocery stores and only some grocery stores and then the state liquor stores are only open like three days a week Mm. For short hours. Hmm. Yeah, we had a dry county. I'm sure you can... Yeah. yeah. And uh, then there's blatant anti-NSFW content advertising. Like, blatant in-your-face, like, this is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, advertising set up. And there's just a lot that happens with the church headquarters being there and being such a large influence that makes... The state of Utah in the populated area is such an alien place from the rest of the country. Yeah. There's other things I don't agree with, like some political views that they support or certain politicians or policies that they try to push forward. And just a couple things where I'm like, eh, not so much. Mm-hmm. A lot of that comes down to personal opinion. Okay. 'Cause a lot of what Caleb always
0: talks about and what he's part of kind of I guess is that church revolution. Well oh. not progressive movements kind of?
2: Yeah, kind of. Sort of. Okay. Yeah.
0: I was thinking like with Science Mike
2: and Peter Rollins. Well yeah, thing. like pyro theology would be the the one thing where I could kind of put my finger on and say that it's a movement that I could kinda okay. get behind.
0: Yeah. Because there are just things that Caleb knows, like, he disagrees with, and I was wondering if that was the same with you and Mormonism. You know, it hasn't been around as long as everything else, you know, still within that period of time, like, things can change, and you don't think they're conducting it correctly. Like, I didn't know, like, if there there was anything from your childhood that really scarred you.
1: Not church-related, no. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, at least they handled things professionally. But, like, was there a feeling of hatred? Like, like for me, if I was looking towards, like, other atheists or homosexuals or really anyone that was different and outsider... Like, it would create almost hatred for that, which is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, I definitely experienced that. Like, if I saw someone smoking on the street, sometimes I would go as far as to cross over to the other side of the street to avoid this person who was smoking. That's because of their choice. how bad of a deal it was. Oh, uh, yeah. But those were really the only things. Like, I always thought people with tattoos and people with cool hair and piercings were awesome. Like, they're, they're just fun to look at. Yeah, <laughs> Not to say they're funny looking, but it's they're just so unique. They're just uh-huh. shoving the normal out the 10-story window and uh-huh. being who they want to be, and I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing against that at all. Like, if I could dye my hair a crazy color and still keep my job, I would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you see a potential for going
0: about the church? or not in the state it is right now. I don't know about
1: the Mormon church, but definitely a church. I mean, I went to a non-denominational group with a friend today and mm. had a blast. Non-denominational Christian? Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that would be a good idea for
0: you to actually go out there and experience non-Mormon. It was definitely interesting. I've never been to a church
1: that had a band before. Hmm. A band? Really? They don't have yeah. bands in church? Uh-uh. you will have musical numbers, but it's like piano and maybe a string instrument and a choir.
0: Caleb's heavy yeah. into music like and you actually you, you can play guitar too right
1: and mm-hmm. you've done choir yeah so that was definitely a new experience but i really liked what they were doing with that particular group so i think i might go back and see more of what's going on because i'm curious
0: yeah feel free to go with like caleb to. uh i don't know do you think the community you're working with right now like with the sound like that would be sure i could be worth a try okay yeah why not I just didn't know if you thought that was, like, the best, like, most accepting. Oh, no, no. You, like, you, you need to try, and we need to try that church that you talked about. Oh, yeah. Remember? Uh Mm
2: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Expound, please. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know a lot about it. Yeah. All I know about is what you told me, so just, like, it's, like, Um, something.
2: Yeah, um, are you familiar with, like, the emergent church movement at all? No. It's just, uh, moving away from dogma and towards just... Kind of like what you were describing earlier, just um, behaving more like Christ and loving people more like Christ and less of uh, emphasis on, like, do you believe this specific doctrine, this specific doctrine, this specific doctrine. Okay. And, yeah, just more about how you treat others and how you love others.
0: All right. Nice. And then they'd be open to, like, atheists or people in a
2: transition Mm -hmm. and everything. Yeah. It's really the most genuine kind of application of come as you are sort of thing. Yeah. And that's in Kansas City. Yeah, it's in Kansas City. I wish I knew the name of it, but okay. I'm we'll Let's figure that out. And like, been about that. It's been yeah. all like 3 goers sign.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And there's you've been to, with me before. Unity Temple. Oh yeah. Where they do the Buddhist Sunday. I've sermons. been to Unity Temple. Really?
1: Yeah, I've done a couple meditations there. Yeah, really. Me
0: too. Yeah, it's a cool place. It's a really cool place. I like it there? Do you do the Sunday meditation or like the daily?
1: I haven't been in ones? a while. Okay. It's been a while. Because
0: there's actually a, there's actually like a service they do, and then there's yeah. just solely
1: meditations. I, I've i only gone to the meditations I haven't been okay. to a service
0: I think checking that out would be really cool and then dude we can like find a Buddhist to talk to yeah we could. Good. Yeah. good idea I, I find Buddhism really appealing with uh, just like it's it's a life philosophy
1: I looked into it for a little bit and then got busy with life <laughs> yeah
0: I think if you're transitioning trying to figure things out that's the perfect thing to look into in the meantime because you're not limiting yourself to any one religion necessarily
2: cool man appreciate you doing this
1: uh huh Did we just lose, like, a lot of audio? No.